Well, this morning, brothers and sisters, we're starting on a new series for uh, a new year. At least this is the first time uh, after New Year's Day that I've been here for the new year. And so uh, we are going to start on a new series uh, about fostering or cultivating uh, courage in our lives, cultivating courage in our lives. And, and there, there are a number of reasons why I believe God uh, is calling us to look at this over the next few weeks um, but one of the key reasons, of course, is that we live in a time uh, that is, um, it can be anxiety-inducing, the time in which we live. And, and that's just part of the reality in, in which we live right at this moment. It is sort of the way, uh, the way it is. Uh, one of the things that I, that I like to do in a weird, maybe potentially twisted way, I don't know, is I like to check out the doomsday clock. Are you familiar with the doomsday clock? Oh, yeah. The doomsday clock is great in a really bad way. Uh, the doomsday clock, uh, way back when the Cold War started, the uh, I'm not going to get the acronym right, but it's the Atomic Energy something something. I don't know. They're a watchdog sort of organization, and they started what they called the doomsday clock. And based on, uh, based on the tensions in the world uh, relating to nuclear weapons at the time, uh, they would adjust the, the minute or the hour hands to be closer and closer to midnight, midnight being doomsday for, for this purpose, right? And, and so, for example, when the Cuban Missile Crisis was going on, the doomsday clock was pretty close to midnight, right? Um, and uh, now they've broadened it to be, uh, you know, a more, a more holistic view of the world situation. Uh, they look at everything from environmental concerns to political instability to the threat against democracies to whatever. They put it all and they look at it and they come up with the uh, how many minutes we are till doomsday. And it's, uh, it's pretty close. Pretty close to doomsday. It's at 100 minutes to midnight, I think. 100 seconds. Sorry, 100 seconds. Yeah, sorry, 100 minutes. Woo! Yeah, no, that's way wrong. 100 seconds to doomsday, which is not great. That's like uh, a, a minute and a half, not even, right? I don't know. Math is not my strong suit. You know, <laughs> don't bug me about it, okay? Anyways, right? It's not, it's not good. We can live in this world and we can be worried. Right. It doesn't matter where you are politically. It doesn't matter where you are socially. It doesn't matter whether you're old or whether you're young or it doesn't matter whether you're in this country or in some other country. It doesn't matter whether your family is healthy and doing well or whether your family is not doing well and not healthy. There are so many things to worry about. One of the things I'm going to pick on Lydia for a second because <laughs> she's all by herself. She has no support. Poor Lydia. <laughs> it's tough. Anyways, um, one of the things that, that Lydia has shared with me is that she's been told that people in her generation should not expect to ever be able to own a home. Right? Never expect to be able to own a home. What? That's terrible. Right? Right? To be told, 
and I, I, I have no idea how true it's going to be or whatever. I hope very much for her and for my other kids and for all of your kids and grandkids and stuff like this to be able to own a home someday. But to be told right from the get-go, sorry, kid, it's pretty much hopeless for you, right? What are some of the things that haunt you, that worry you? Whether you're young or old. And, and maybe, maybe you don't give in to the worry. Maybe you are able to stand up against the worry. And that's awesome. But they tempt you to worry. What are some of the things that you either worry about or that you are tempted to worry about? Honest question. Finances. Yeah, for sure. I think Canadians have a, a higher debt to income ratio or something like that than we we ever have before these days or something like that. It's, it's, it's tough. Finances. Yes. I thought I heard somebody over there. Come on. That can't be the only thing you guys worry about. Yes. Yeah. So the, the whole, the whole structure of the family and, and what's happening to the structure of the family and what that will mean for families. Is that, am I getting that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of things eating away at, at what family means. And that could be worrisome. What else? AI. Oh my goodness. Have you checked out chat GPT? <laughs> if you have not, you should Google, <laughs> here I say, <laughs> use, use technology, but you should Google chat GPT and then you should use it to ask it some questions and you should find out how freaky it is. <laughs> it's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Somebody else. T Tony. Health issues. Absolutely. Right. Um, you know, we always have health issues, whether it's us ourselves or our loved ones or whatever. Yeah. Anybody else? Sorry? The faith of our children. Yeah, absolutely. I hear that often from parents, from grandparents, that they are struggling with worry over the faith life that their children have or don't have. Yeah. Did I see? Uh, no? Okay, yes, Karen. It is, right? Um, teaching in the high school setting, uh, you get to see this. Uh, but it's, it's, it's in the elementary system too, for sure. Kids are struggling with anxiety and depression and so many other uh, mental, emotional health things. It seems like in epidemic numbers, like it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Anybody else? Yeah. Job security for sure. Right. Um, you know, there, there's questions about job. I, I know it seems like, you know, the economy seems to be piling on more and more and more jobs. But there's also always worries about job security. Everybody's concerned about it, for sure. Somebody over here said something? War. Absolutely. Right? We see conflict. I mean, there's obviously the conflict in Ukraine. 
which is constantly seemingly threatening to blow up into some kind of world conflict, which is a scary, scary thought, especially when at least one of the powers involved has uh, significant nuclear arms. Um, yeah, uh, but there's war, sadly, all over the world, not just in that area. Anything else? Intolerance between right and left politically. And, and I, think, I think you can extend that, David, uh, and I think you can extend that to all kinds of ideological, philosophical, theological areas. It feels like to me, and maybe it does to you too, I don't know, it feels like it is harder for us to really, really listen to one another if we are on different spots, different places, um, you know, philosophically, politically, ideologically, religiously, or whatever, it feels to me like it's harder for us to really listen to one another and to create room for one another. Not that we necessarily agree, but that somehow we are okay with not agreeing. And it feels like it's harder for for us to do that somehow these days to me. And that can be a worry. Anyone else? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this time of year, uh, just like like every time of the year feels like it comes with its own its own weather related struggles. Right. In the summer, sometimes we worry about some of our elderly or unwell who may not have air conditioning and the, the temperature outside is 45 degrees and, and, and they could they could die. Right. And in this kind of weather, we're worried about people who are living out on the streets or people whose heat dies on them or or people who are out driving in the midst of terrible, terrible weather. We already saw Christmas Eve. And, and just before that, we saw some horrible weather and it was dangerous. And lots of people ended up piling up on the highways or stranded here and there and everywhere. And we look further afield, of course, and there are weather concerns all over the place. And, you know, we look at the poor people of California dealing with years and years and years and years of drought. And then suddenly they have so much water, they don't know what to do with it. And <laughs> chances are, as horrible as this seems, that, that actually it won't really help get rid of their drought. It will just destroy things and go away, <laughs> which seems terrible. There's a lot of stuff to worry about. A lot of stuff that we can be tempted to worry about. But let's hear what Paul has to say. Now, this passage is probably one of the shortest passages that I will ever use for preaching from. <laughs> and that is because it's a, it's, it weirdly sort of stands on its own a little bit within the book of 1 Corinthians. So reminding ourselves that 1 Corinthians is a, a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth is a church that he helped to found through the leading of the Spirit. And so he is uh, sending them a letter 
this first letter. Um, he is um, trying to address some struggles in this letter that the church is facing in Corinth. But we have come, uh, well, the scriptures have come to the end of this letter. Uh, Paul is saying some personal things near the very end of the letter. And he, he says that he's, gonna, he's planning to come to the people, uh, that he's going to visit with them. He's hoping to stay for a while. He says uh, some things about wanting to go to Ephesus and uh, see them during Pentecost. And uh, he says that Timothy is going to come and visit them and so on. Right? And, and then after this, he starts to give greetings to particular people in the church and so on. Uh, but right here, in the middle of this sort of closing set of stuff that Paul is giving to the Corinthians, he says this. He says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Now, there are several things that he is touching on in that little passage. Uh, he is touching on, of course, he is touching on uh, the fact that the Corinthians have been tempted to do a bunch of things that don't really fit with the gospel. Right? And Paul is admonishing them one last time. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Right? Don't lose sight of what the real gospel really is and wander off into all kinds of other things. So he says, be on your guard. Look out for false teachings. Look out for people who are trying to lead you astray. Look out for the, the, the wiles of this world that want to weasel their way into your life. Look out for those things. Be on your guard against them and stand firm in the faith. But then he also goes on and he says, be courageous, be strong, because he knows that the Corinthians, you know, first of all, standing against potential false teachers or false teachings or standing against the, the desires of the world that would seek to come in and mess things up, standing against those things requires courage. But also he knows, Paul knows very much that that not only the Corinthians, but all of the churches are going to face persecution for their faith if they haven't already started to face those things. And so in the face of persecution, one needs courage. One needs to be strong. And so uh, this, is, this is part of why we are looking at cultivating courage over the next few weeks. Because we know that in a world of worries, courage is important. Courage is essential. But what is courage? What is courage? Any ideas on what courage is? Or what courage is not? Okay, being willing to stand up and say, no, this is wrong for sure. Absolutely. That can be an evidence of courage that can show courage. Yeah. And, and it can be something as little as somebody makes an off color joke and you say, you know what? That wasn't funny. It, it's not it's not right. It's not good to make fun of people 
because of this, that, or the other thing. Or it can be as big as saying, no, you know, I'm not going to take money under the table for this because that would be wrong. Or it can be even bigger than that. It can be, no, I'm not going to worship you, Emperor of Rome. I'm going to stick with Jesus, my Lord and Savior, and I don't really care what the consequences are. Right? Um, but is courage, is courage the absence of fear? Don't steal my question. Mark? Yeah, I think that's good. And, and you're, you, you're right too, right? It's not the absence of fear. It's like that's when you have no fear, right? Th- then you're leaning into like sociopathy, right? You're going, you're going in a bad direction, right? Because there are some things like when I'm at the top of a roller coaster and I look down and it is a huge steep slope and I feel like I'm going to die, there's an appropriate level of fear there, Right? Um, even weirdly, maybe for some of us, an enjoyable level of fear there, right? And that's okay, right? Courage, though, is not the absence of fear. Courage is rather, as Mark was saying, the ability to overcome the fear, at least enough to do that which you've been called to do. Right. And this is what soldiers face on the battlefront. This is what people face in their daily lives. This is <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick on Kieran now. So uh, back <laughs> back quite a number of years ago, we went to Prince Edward Island and it was a lovely trip. It was great. And, and uh, you know, we're on the uh, we're sort of on the west sort of west coast ish sort of area of PEI uh, kind of between like. There's PI and then there's the mainland, right? And so when the low tide went out, um, it would go out and you could walk for like a kilometer or more or something on the on the sand that was out there. And and when you did, um, there <laughs> there were all kinds of seaweed and, and and jellyfish on the on the ground. And and Kieran and I, when she was very little, like two, three, four, I don't know, something like this. We wanted to go walking out on that because it was a cool adventure, right? But Kieran was totally afraid of the stinging jellyfish, right? Even though they were, like, dead and she had boots, like, up to here and she was safe and fine or whatever. And, and so I talked with her about overcoming her fear so that we could go on to uh, this great adventure that we could do. And, and, and she did. She overcame that fear and we went on this great little adventure her and daddy walking hand in hand across the water uh you know avoiding the jellyfish and and checking out all the cool things and it was great right she overcame the fear enough to be able to do what she was wanting to do and still to this day uh now somehow and i I won't get into that it has morphed into uh overcoming the stinging bananas don't ask me um but we still talk about that if there are things that are facing her or any of us that we are afraid of we don't want to let them get in the way of doing what we feel called to do 
So this is this is what we are going to talk about over the next few weeks. We are going to talk about several ways in ways for us to cultivate courage, ways for us to cultivate courage. And, And so, first of all, we are going to talk and these are not in order of priority necessarily. They're all good. They're all important. But we are going to talk about Sabbath. We're going to talk about a way of life that is restful in God, not just any kind of rest, not just, you know, couch potato kind of rest, but rest in God, Sabbath way of life, because the reality is that that even for, for everything from, you know, practical, you know, you need sleep to um, simply laying your burdens at the foot of the cross resting in him in that way you need those things in order to cultivate courage to enable you to do what you need to do or what you're called to do we we are going to talk about we're going to talk about our ebenezers our ebenezer stones right we're going to talk about uh we're going to talk about markers to remind us of what god has done in the past what God has done in the past, right? Uh, a number of you, especially if you are younger, if you've been baptized, I guess a bunch of you are gone to Sunday school or whatever. If you've been baptized here in the last seven years or so, you may have a faith journey box, or maybe you contracted with a, a certain someone to, to get those made for your family, right? Those boxes are places in which we put things that remind us of the journey that God has taken us on. And, and even if you don't have a beautifully carved, burned, wooden box thing, right? You can, you can use a Tupperware bin, whatever. It doesn't matter. But reminding yourself of the things that God has done, just as Joshua and the people of Israel set up their Ebenezer, their, their pile of stones, to remind them of what God had done in parting the waters of the Jordan River and bringing them in to the promised land. So we're going to talk about markers that can help us because they remind us of what God has done and therefore they foster courage for us to move forward. And then we need to remember, of course, that we're not alone. We're not alone in terms of God. God is living within us. God is not even a breath away. In theological terms, we talk about um, how our, our preaching and our teaching and our thought needs to have God active language, right? In other words, God does stuff. God does stuff. And a lot of times, right, like when we worry about our children's faith life, for example, the, the reality is, is that you and I cannot fix our children's faith lives. We can't do it. Our children make their own choices. Of course, they should. That's proper. They are individuals as well. We can't force them into anything. We don't have magic wands that we can wave. And so we need to remember that if anybody's going to fix our child's faith life, It's going to be God who's going to work in their lives. And so we remember that we are not alone. We remember that we are with God. We are going to remember uh, that it is not all on us. Fifth, we are going to pray. Pray. 
the Apostle Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. And there is good reason for that. We are going to pray. And we'll teach a little bit how to pray. We're going to invite others in. Because isolation breeds fear. Right? If I am alone in my fear... I feel like I deserve to be alone in my fear. I feel like I, I, that nobody feels the way I do. Nobody has experienced the things that I have experienced. Nobody is as twisted and messed up as I am. Nobody, nobody understands. And then I'm alone and the fear is so much more. But if there's somebody we can trust, we can say to them, hey, look, uh, you know, I'm really struggling with, with this. And, and you know it's a safe person and that person can say, okay, wow, I, I've been there too. I struggle with this too. I get it. Let's be there together and let's, let's come out of the pit together. We're going to invite others in. And we are going to change our script, change the story that we tell ourselves. Right? We're going to focus on the words of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. How, does, how, does the, how do these words affect you and give you courage? That God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Right? Change the script. Right? This world is not limited to the things that I can do or will do. This world is limited only by that which God will do or can do, <laughs> to which there is no limit. Right? Change our script. And then lastly, we're going to focus on choosing, consciously choosing to trust God. When I'm afraid, David says in Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Not, not when I'm already confident my trust is in you, but when I am afraid, I consciously choose to put my trust in you, God. So those are eight ways in which we are going to cultivate courage over the next few weeks. In the meantime, brothers and sisters, be strong. Be courageous. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Not because you lack fear, but because God Himself is with us. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Sometimes we are so tempted to live, to dwell in fear and, it, and, and for it to overcome us. Father, please help us this week to remember Paul's words to the Corinthians and your words to us through him. To be courageous. Lord, not that we have no fear but that we instead choose to trust you even when we are afraid. Lord God, 
Build our confidence in you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.